0: Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom, oracle soup with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thees, to Saucy Sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas, and inviting your questions about tarot. Oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. What a delight it is to have you with us here on Oracle Soup. And I am Katrina Wynne, and I'm here with my sister in another part of the country.
1: With your co-cook, co-host, co-writer, <laughs> I'm Gina Deese. Hi, I all mean,
0: I'd even say co-witch. That would <laughs> up That's, lately.
1: Well, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I I have, uh, you know, accepted that as uh, part of my identity. So that's perfectly fine with me. But anyway, hello, everyone, and welcome to Oracle Soup. We are chilling in our kitchen brewing up. Literally brewing up, yes, I guess. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> I, 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 I have thought about brewing, you know, in the cauldron, with the cauldron this time. Before I oh, got yeah. on with you, I essentially was thinking about what are we brewing up this time and um f- had a sense of ritual kitchen ritual
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what we want to talk about is very loose I mean like like we said from the very beginning what we're doing is we're just recording a conversation that Gina and I are having anyway and then suddenly we go wait a minute Why don't we record this? So basically, we're in the middle of our conversation. We're talking about brews and mixes and rituals and and what other things are we talking about, Gina, that are kind of related?
1: Well, we ended up, the conversation started with my adventures and going to a very um it's the business in in Houston that has been there for probably thirty five or more years and they are a uh conjure root work spiritual hoodoo voodoo store in the heart of Houston that I went to on a on a quest to find some oils since i hadn't been there and uh, since I moved there from there and um that's how the conversation started about all the all the yes. wonderful things that's in this store and just so so it, catching up. Really, yeah. We were just talking about formulas and oils and dressing, what you would call magical oils, which are used for dressing or anointing. But more than that, all sorts of things, candles and powders and incense. And so I started showing off and talking about that. So we we decided that our show would be around since, um, especially for the season, uh, tis the season, uh, you know, ritual is very important for a Mm -hmm. lot of our work. So that's, that's how we end up talking about these things let's do
0: it and by the way we didn't pick a card so what card for you in the tarot might be more closely associated with the idea of like the witchcraft and the brewing i know i'm thinking magician what are you thinking
1: i think the magician is a perfect card but you know what popped in when you asked that was Uh the three of cups
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be appropriate, too. So maybe we'll talk about both a little bit. So I know, how about this? I'll talk about the magician and you talk about the three of cups, but we'll keep them close to the idea of this whole idea of mixing and brewing and magic and... Yes. Okay. So, of course, to me, the magician is the manifester. It is the ultimate magician of magic, right? So when we're creating these elixirs or these aromatherapies or these rituals, we're conjuring. Now, conjuring, as we'll talk about later, can go in a lot of different directions. But to me, the magician has all the tools and the knowledge necessary And then abuse it with personal will and vision. And then that is what kind of is the secret ingredient that goes into the mix, because it isn't enough just to mix those ingredients, you know. Somehow, the mixer is also an important part of the ingredients, much like they talk about in modern physics, where the observer is also a part of what's being observed. You really can't separate the two. So I'm all for the magician, the number one card, and the major arcana as being the witch, which is actually what it's called in other decks, such as the Daughters of the Moon. You usually have it associated with someone who's conjuring and focusing their intention and creating something that's special. And, of course, it can go in all kinds of different directions in terms of shades and colors of value and um, we'll call it judgment. But what about the Three of Cups? I'm fascinated by that.
1: Well, the Three of Cups is called... Um esoterically the lord of abundance right and typically when we go into a space of ritual we are combining usually two to three elements right or especially you know we refer to each other as us. Uh, uh sister witches or a coven <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. so you know that was that was my idea but the but the three of cups to me is about coming together usually and ritual is to, is is to to anoint self or anoint others or to bring some sort of typically more more so than often it, it's about abundance bringing that abundance you know or making sure that there is some sort of um positive energy that you want to um you know bring to yourself or or others so um it represents that to me and I think uh, typically on the three of cups you'll see three figures right and it's either like you have the three fates all right you have the the three women dancing upholding the cups and typically you know cup is part of ritual as well I mean you know cups for me wine ritual celebration and so uh, you know it's about merriment especially during the season what you what you're hoping for is to celebrate um, and you know people celebrate with with other oils or wine or <laughs> other just li- friends other <laughs> libations uh, so that, eggnog <laughs> yeah eggnog you know other libations so i think for me you know that card would work just as well as the magician
0: all right well on that note stay tuned for part two of our amazing conversation thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next.
1: Okay, welcome back. And here we are discussing Conjure Root Work Virtual. And there is, depending on your tradition, there's a lot of historical background to, you know, a a lot of different traditions there's African traditions there's Native American traditions there's um Wiccan there's European there's all these traditions but essentially we all end up kind of doing the same thing you know uh some some histories are oral some are written, and you have texts that tell you how to do these things. Um, my personal connection is being from New Orleans. Um, it's it's kind of part of the uh, the tr- you know your tr- your tradition your your religious background. Whereas you are calling upon powers uh, that be within or within or outside of self, in order to honor um, you know. Honor, anoint, and uh, it's essentially you know getting help <laughs> of some sort, um, and so you can do that sometimes through divination, um, doing a ceremony, or just doing something small for self. Setting up an altar, using candles, incorporating incense, incorporating oils, plants. Um, there, there are many rock stones. Many, many different things you can use inside of your ritual. So depending on the objective as well. That's
0: quite a span. I mean, (laughs) it is true. It's gone back so far. I mean, I'm also thinking about quite a few of the Asian and also uh, the Hindu and uh, a lot of the traditions from the East also incorporate things like Let's break it down to the senses. Basically, uh, the eyes are going to see the flame, right? And so part of the ritual is visually having things that, like we do in Tarot, that are symbols that represent something on the outside that we we wish to incorporate on the inside. There's also the smell, which is uh, probably the most interesting sense that we have as human beings. And through this aromatherapy or these different scents or the things that you're burning, it also opens up our memories. These could be cellular memories, or these could be things in our our recent life or things that we wish to associate and make that connection into the future with our memories. And so we're actually planting a seed that is going to manifest within ourselves using our olfactory or our smelling. Of course, there's also tactile taste uh, for instance, if you go to an Indian puja, puja not only has a burning fire and, and the aroma of it, but there's usually food involved and food offerings. So depending on what type of ritual, it can incorporate so many different things. And so now let's kind of narrow it down a little bit to those of us who might do like a seasonal ritual or do a ritual around a reading or an intention, working with a client or just working with ourselves. And as some of my students ask about as well, well is protection sometimes it's not just about conjuring or bringing something into awareness or into being but sometimes it's also creating a protective boundary right Gina
1: yes and those things used you don't necessarily have to do like a big drawn out in exclusive you know detailed rituals some things some people just want to anoint things like charms or what we like little mojo bags or talismans right so you can have these things that are anointed to carry with you for protection or to carry with you for luck the uses are varied Um, essentially you know we talked about the magician at some point and essentially you know you're incorporating all of these things some sometimes which represent elements you know That are used in various formulas. So you're using essentially creating uh, spells or some sort of charm to which you would incorporate various formulas. So there are specific oils that are actually um, either brand names or in the specific tradition, they have specific names.
0: What's a typical way you might use it?
1: my favorite oil to use there, there are two that I use regularly and, um, you know, we're talking about project protection. So I, I will use rosemary oil and there's an oil called high John, the conqueror. And, um, so these are two things that I specifically use pretty much daily and it's just for, um, constant protection and just to kind of bring luck. Right. So, um, you can use rosemary oil, for instance, um, by anointing just your wrists, your ankles, parts of your body, and um, typically rosemary um, is an ancient, like, I mean, the herb is so, rosemary has been used for so many different things. Uh, many people keep rosemary in the home for the season, for especially like around Christmas time, right? Um, But it was regarded as a powerful weapon against uh, the darker arts. So any kind of evil eye, hatred, jealousy, you want to ward off that by using it. So you would just wear it on your wrist, your temple, your your ankles. Um, But it's also medicinal. I mean, rosemary is very, very good for uh, um, um, just stress, headaches, Um, depression, just to lift your spirits, also to get a good night's sleep. So, yes. So and the
0: same thing with lavender by the way, very very close in a lot of its medicinal values. And of course I have both of them growing in my garden right now. Right. So, you know, so this this is really beautiful because I mean, you, with this whole conversation started with a trip that you took to one of your favorite stores down in Houston, Texas, to kind of replenish your supply. And then there might be people out there who actually grow their own herbs and create their own tinctures or their oils or their blends, or their candles, or their anointing oils. There's so many things that we can actually create ourselves um, through the study of aromatherapy, through the study of magic and candle magic and ritual. And I would actually want to mention a book, which I got many, many years ago, really sweet little book called The Essence of Magic, Tarot Ritual and Aromatherapy by Mary Greer, of all people. So uh, like you were mentioning before, there's Wiccan, there's Pagan rituals that also integrate all these things So you were talking about protection. Can I share a recipe I just received from um, someone? It's a protection bath salt recipe.
1: I am sure our listeners would love to get a recipe straight from the horse's mouth. And and then I'll
0: post it on the website too. But basically, um, I was in a class in Denver. And uh, this is very simple, just six ingredients. You take one cup of sea salt. You add one tablespoon of either rose, honeysuckle, or lilac. And we mean uh, oils when we say that. Um, Of course, some of you may actually want to use fresh uh, flowers. Then there's a half tablespoon of yarrow, and that's what's really used for protection. Of course, that grows wild here. A pinch of myrrh or mugwort. Now, remember, this time of year, myrrh was considered one of the three sacred herbs that was given as a gift. Uh, Then we have five drops of rose essential oil and three drops of myrrh essential oil. And what you want to do is you're mixing the oils with the sea salt and you let it sit for about two or three weeks so it really gets into the salt. And then when you're ready to take your bath, you just maybe put two to three tablespoons of this mix into one of those little kind of like those little cotton tea bags that you can get and let it steep in your bath. So that's a really lovely way to protect yourself and soothe yourself all at the same time.
1: I love it. Now I will, there may be people out there saying, well, how do I know what to use? How do I know what to get? And I will just say there are so many, literally thousands of formulas that you can come up with to, to address a variety of conditions that you're going through. So well. One of the things that when I was in the store with one of my dear, our, one of our dear close friends, yes. <laughs> and so I said, I wanted this particular oil. She's like, well, what do you use that for? So I'm going, well, you see, it works like this. Um, mm-hmm. You can use a in a, a, an oil and depending on. You know, some things are not going to be quite what you want to use it for. So as a person who does ritual, as a conjurer, as a witch, as a magician, it boils down to, I was going to say one of the important things to remember about the magician is they are the kind of, you know, they're learned, learned, I suppose is the word of, you know, it's like they, they have not just decided to wake up one day and do this. So it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, some, it, 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 It's about Sometimes you can incorporate a divination to find out what direction, what do I need to use? And so your, say for instance, an oil for prosperity could be a, something used for healing as well. So it, all, it de- depends on what you intuit. It depends on what you have at the time. And it depends on what is special and unique to you as the mm-hmm. person who is creating this so it doesn't have to be oh just because I have lavender oil I can only use it to relax no 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 (laughs) no no. it doesn't work that way at least as I I have been taught and learned by my own trial and error many many books and everything will tell you certain formulas but you at the end of the day it's what works for you
0: Exactly. In fact, I would say as a beginner, it's usually easier to start with blends that are already created by other people. And often they give you a really nice label or they'll give you a little pamphlet and it tells you about the qualities as well as the ingredients. And then, of course, when you become more advanced, then you can make some of your own blends. Like I have a blend, a secret ingredient blend (laughs) that I use every day. I have my little diffuser here for my aromatherapy and when i'm sitting here at my computer or if i'm working with a client i have it going like i have right now and it's very healing it's very soothing and it has a lot of other wonderful qualities that i enjoy but for instance in my hand right now i have a a a spray kind of aromatherapy that uh, someone gifted me at the oregon country fair this last summer and it's titled cloud of protection And I'll just read the label here. It's by a person named Neves, N-I-E-V-E-S. And this formula contains essential oils that fight airborne bacteria and viruses traditionally used to clear negativity and cleanse the space. Now, another way that people determine whether a particular substance or blend is best for them is through, uh, it's called muscle testing or kinesiology. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so you can actually test your own body and be really clear about what you want to use it for. And then, as you're actually holding the object, maybe a bottle of an oil or something like that in your hand, or incense, you can even use incense. Then you want to kind of test and do your muscle testing, maybe with the other hand or with both, or have somebody help you with
1: that. Absolutely, those are. I have a, a student that is also has been doing aromatherapy for. Probably over 20 years, who was talking, we were talking about allergies. And I just wanted to say, if you have um, a lot of allergies to things, uh, the way that she explained explained to me was most people think, let's just say I'm allergic to oranges, right? So an orange oil may break me out. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, she said most of the time, if you're just doing an aromatherapy where it's the scent, she said it's actually just, you were just talking about muscle testing, she said it's actually a reflex. Not the not the 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 actual oil, but it's sometimes just the reflex that will say, "No, this is not something to use it 's like you 're being triggered in other words, rather than it actually being something an ingredient in the oil that will break you out. Does that make sense? Yes. So I thought that yes. was just an interesting thing to bring up when you were talking about the testing to see yeah. what's there. And um, I will know that some people are allergic, like respiratory-wise, cannot handle different scents. Right. So, um you know, be conscious of your workspace, be conscious of yourself and be conscious of that if you're born, burnt, have your little altar in your home. Um, it, it, some of the scents don't work for everybody. Ah, so do right. uh, be careful. And also there's some th- some oils spe- specifically that are um, food grade and then some aren't. So make sure you... Yes. Um, check that out and make sure what you're using is what you want to for a right. person pur- purpose you're using for especially most of these things are not um ingestible so be very exactly. very careful if you want to use that uh, for,
0: internal for, external yeah, use only yeah,
1: most of it most for me it's mostly i'm either putting it on my body or on an, an object so i rarely do things that you know there are some that are like you know peppermint and lemons and stuff that you can put in water uh to drink just make sure it's food grade and ask if you're not sure please 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 ask (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yes yes well this is fascinating i mean i think we could go on and on about this but you know if we narrow it down to let's say a tarot reading do you sometimes uh either work with some of these substances during a reading or maybe afterwards on the behalf of your client
1: um well typically what I'll, i'll do i do have people that ask me all the time if i do spell work um not just for me like would i do it for them right because that's just the the tradition you go to a practitioner uh my uncle was a practitioner and people would go to him and he would set up and do their uh, do, do the work and so what i do beforehand is look incorporate a divination beforehand to direct um what needs to be done? I'll tell you why. Let's just say you have a lost lover. You you know split up, and people are like, "Oh well, I want them back." Do a spell to a love spell to bring them back. I mean, this is typical. This is not unheard of. But let's just say in the divination you discover that really um this was not a great relationship, and the person that you're trying to bring back it was pretty abusive so you do the work to bring them back you're essentially saying i'm going to bring back more abuse so is that really what you want right so it's and and one of the my personal thing in terms of being careful about doing spell work for other people is i always say well i don't want to pick up that karma but i you know it's like I, i i don't think and believe necessarily in control like you can actually control a person but it's about making conditions favorable right so um in essence when you think about doing something it's like what is it that you essentially need to bring out in yourself right not so much for the other person it's like um i i essentially would rather teach a person how to do something or tell them the oils that will you know be more favorable to um having a positive outcome for their life rather than saying, oh, this is what you do and it's going to. Right. You have to be really, really, really exceptionally um, um, skilled.
0: We do talk about that quite a bit in one of our other programs, like on ethics and boundaries and things like that. But back to the, the things like the substances and the aromatherapy, I do believe, and I know I do this myself sometimes, where I will make an actual recommendation of an aromatherapy oil or scent Maybe a particular scent, or uh, I know there's some people who actually send people off with samples. Or in my case, I might be recommending a crystal or a combination of the oil and the crystal that's going to help them further whatever work got initiated in the reading. And um, before we go too far, I think we we're going to have to wind it down because it's such an exciting topic. We'll have to do it a second part. Um, you know, when you think. About things like aromatherapy or oil or these type of uh, conjurings, we are the alchemist, just like the magician in certain ways. We are the alchemists. We're creating the magic, and with any alchemical process, you want to understand your ingredients.: Yes. You want, you to. want to understand your tools, and you want to be really clear on your intention. What is my intention? What is it I hope to manifest? And last but not least, I actually have a couple of books here that I would recommend on aromatherapy. There's so many great books, but and I'll list this on our website as well. But I'm just going to mention them ever so briefly. One of them is called Aromatherapy, A Lifetime Guide to Healing with Essential Oils by Valerie Janari Cooksley. And what she does is kind of like what you were talking about, Gina. She goes into... Not only the medicinal and magical values of these different um, scents or oils, but also some recipes and how to mix them. Another excellent one, which is relatively easy to find, is called The Complete Book of Essential Oils and Aromatherapy. And this is from Valerie Ann Warwood. And she has over 600 recipes in there.
1: Okay. Those are great. And there are... um... A number of websites. If you're looking for oils um, or candles or incense, there are many, many out there. um In terms of, it, it's hard to recommend one over the other because some people do make their own blends, and you know, it there's no. It's just like tarot. Yeah. There's no real standard, um, uh, you know, no, no real standardization. I should say, right. standardized. So some people make their <laughs> own blends, and you may have to test out. You know how they make them exactly uh,
0: i tend to go for the organic ones myself because then i know they've used really the highest ingredients possible because it's true some people use low-grade oils or they don't use the best herbs and, and other people you know they really take it to a very high art and i can even make like brand recommendations if people are interested just drop me an email
1: yeah drop us an email we may even put some links to different sites um that we um Uh, actually use but again it's hard to say this is the 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 one to go to because there are (laughs) many 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 different um there are a lot of manufacturers out there that just mass produce um things and so you have to look at uh you have to look at that you're right the low grades i mean some people say that you know to make an oil authentic it has to contain real herbs real roots and real minerals and so other people it's just like you you know it all boils down to intention so you can use (laughs) baby oil but if your intention is there right um that is what counts so there it's really about how you develop yourself and develop your craft um is what i always say so i think this is just a a topic we could go on and on and on
0: we'll we'll just keep mixing in that cauldron you know (laughs) and we'll just keep cooking it up that's right
1: (laughs) thank you everyone and stay magical
0: spending time with us at oracle soup we invite your comments and topic suggestions on our facebook page also named oracle soup be sure to visit our website oraclesoup.wordpress.com for hot new servings of our saucy talks as well as past podcasts stored in our oracle soup pantry and visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.